Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find. I'm a self-improvement junkie, certified professional coach, podcast host, and public speaker. And I'm a wife and mom of four teenagers. I'm an expert at helping people use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. How do I do this? By helping you realize your gifts and use them as your superpowers. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week, I'll share my voice or bring forward another rare fine voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transition like getting, get, getting married, getting divorced, changing jobs, or having kids. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way. If you're ready to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening because you are a rare find. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Rare Find Voices. Today I'm super excited. I have a special guest who is also a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Ian Cook the owner of Cook Chiropractic in San Diego, California. Dr. Cook focuses on sports injury and family health while taking a unique view on the scope of healthcare through physical rehabilitation and optimal wellness. He's also the co-founder and co-host of the Fix Fitness Guys podcast with local gym owner Mark Sun. They have a library of content focusing on what they call the three pillars of health, mental, social, and physical, and how to stay as well-rounded in all three areas while surrounding yourself with a great community and accountability team that can really help improve your life. Hey, Ian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to do, uh, do this with you. Yeah, no, this is so fun because um, we're also, we also have another relationship where I'm your business coach. So we have had regular conversations about all kinds of things for over two years. Yeah, I can't believe Every now and then you give me a, a, a time frame of how long it's been and I can never believe it. <laughs> no, we go way back and, and, and it's cool. Again, we, we knew each other even before we started working together. Um, and so it's just been this really great relationship and connection through, you know, transition of business and just so much change, even in the last, you know, two and a half years. So um, I, I, I love working with you and I'm super excited that you get to share some really cool insights today with our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I first met Robin um, through your old company and, and um, working with Mark's son at, at CrossFit Sun. And uh, we, yeah, we knew each other briefly, met my Cairo team um, and it, it was going well. But then when you started transitioning into the coaching aspect, uh, Mark's son was actually the one that said, hey, it sounds like you're having similar not, I don't want to call them problems, but similar frustrations uh, with your business growing and, and working with multiple personalities. You have to have to sit down and talk with Robin and see what you can work on because his gym was going through similar issues. And uh, you came and worked with my team through a difficult transition period. And um, man, it was slam dunk for me. And I said, please sign me up as much as you think you can help. Let's do it. If it's every week, every couple of weeks, I don't care. Let's do it. And we did a makeover, right? A business makeover. And it was, uh, it's awesome. And we're still working to this day and still growing. So thank yeah. you. No, absolutely. It's been, an, it's been an incredible journey. Um, can you 
take a moment to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you do today. Yeah, um, I grew up playing sports my whole life. So the uh, first time I actually went to a chiropractor uh, was when I was 10 years old. Um, I was playing football and it was probably like my third or fourth year playing football at 10, which I don't know if I'd recommend that to anymore, <laughs> playing contact football at that age. Uh, but our team doctor was actually a chiropractor and, um, him and my mom, my, my mom was a nurse and she was like part of the athletic team, athletic medical team. And, uh, I tweaked my back. I was a lineman. So I was always squatting down and, uh, he said, you know, bring in, in, you guys got medical insurance, come on in and we'll, we'll fix him up. And I got an adjustment and I walked out of there feeling like a noodle and I felt great. And all through high school. I also wrestled, so I would get multiple lower back injuries, tweaks here and there, and I'd go see him and get fixed up, and uh, I was always, I became a believer in, in chiropractic care, so when I went to um, Cal State San Marcos, I started studying uh, kinesiology, which at the time, I it was the first time I ever heard the word is when my counselor told me you should major in kinesiology. It sounds like you want to work with your hands and work with sports and athletes. And I said, yeah, I do. Um, I guess I'll sign up for it. And uh, <laughs> took a shot in the dark and uh, it was an instant love. I mean, as soon as I took like, you know, kinesiology 100, it was love right away and biomechanics and exercise physiology. I just completely started nerding out studying didn't feel like studying anymore. Um, it was just easy, uh, second nature. So at the end of the day though, I, you know, me, Robin, I'm a big planner and, and I look ahead all the time, a little too much. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, when I graduate, there's no kinesiology.com job search to look up, you know, there's no, what kinesiology job is waiting for me. And I just kind of realized there's going to have to be a continuing education for myself, whether it's nursing school, physical therapy, occupational therapy, chiropractic popped up. Um, I started looking into every single one of them. Um, I literally either shadowed or talked to a professional in each field. And chiropractic was the only one that really made sense to me um, to pursue I went to Palmer College in San Jose after I graduated, and that was in 2011. And I picked that school because they had a sports council program, and they had a big emphasis on physical rehabilitation. So I went and checked out that school. They sold me on it. And um, once I started going there and learning that chiropractic could be more than just cracking bones, and popping joints, it was, there was a, another educational aspect to it where we can educate our patients on how to be healthy through uh, physical ex uh, exercises. And that's when I really took a love for the profession and through practicing over the past, you know, five plus years, uh, really started blending that into my office. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I started uh, building this little network of fix fitters, as we like to say. So we can get in that, I guess, later too. Yeah, no. And, and so I love how you basically shared, you had this experience as a young kid, as an athlete that really helped you understand. I mean, again, it's really hard as a, you know, a young adult to understand like what is going to be good for me that, you know, you want to play sports. Like that's really what the kids want to do. You know, I have 
four of them and they all, you know, they're all very active. And so really what they want to do is they want to play sports, but to be able to see that by doing the chiropractic work, by taking care of your body, you knew growing up that that was going to be a benefit, that that was like a necessity really for you to become a better athlete. And then, you know, maybe even avoid injury. Um, and you took that with you as you started to pursue your own, you know, potential career path, like, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one thing that actually turned me away from chiropractic school was the fact that I just couldn't see myself working in an office where I just had patients come in, come out, come in, come out. And that's basically how I was taken care of. Ian tweaked his back. Ian goes in, gets it cracked. Ian leaves feeling great. And don't get me wrong with some of my athletes, that is what they get mixed with some soft tissue work and, and, um, some other really cool techniques I've learned along the way. But what turned me away from school in the beginning was, man, that's all we, that's all that profession does. I don't want to do it. And when I finally checked out this school and learned, Oh, we can do soft tissue work. We can do exercises. We can show people how to use bands and foam rollers and lacrosse balls. That's when I got hooked because I was like, Oh, we can do more than that. We could treat the athlete way more beyond the low back or neck pain, you know, and, don't get me wrong. We're very good. And our bread and butter still is, um, pain relief. You know, athlete tweaks themselves or injures themselves. We can take care of them very quickly and get them back out onto the, into the game. And I love doing that. Um, but it, like, just like you said, showing the athlete, Hey, there's more you can do to prevent this from happening. There's a better way to be optimal. Um, I really reflected that off of my own self experience that, you know, I didn't get any injuries growing up that held me out of competition until my senior year. And I always look back at it as I'll never forget my head coach of wrestling at our senior banquet saying, Ian had a, a case of bad luck. You know, it's really unfortunate. I remember him saying this exactly. It's kind of unfortunate that Ian's career ended the way that it did because it meant that I had potential for more, but injuries held me out from it. And it's like, I think so many athletes have that similar story where something makes them bow out and it's always chalked up to bad luck. I don't think it's bad luck. I think it's a lack of preparation and it's, it's something outside your sport that you need to do and it's exercise and it's taking care of your body better. Yeah. I love that. And by the way, you're, you use one of my absolute favorite words, which is optimal. <laughs> Definitely. And, um, but, but I, I really, I love the approach and basically what you're talking about here is, um, there's a way to have optimal health and it's, it's not saying there's only one way, but there is an approach that will get you there and it can be a combination of things. And so I'm curious when, like when you started to develop your practice, right? So I know at first you were um, a part of a, of a group practice that wasn't cook chiropractic, wasn't under your name and your business, and you were able to transition into your own practice. So how do you start to differentiate yourself as a small business owner in a very big pool of chiropractic wellness or, you know, even the bigger umbrella, right, of health and wellness? Like, how do you differentiate yourself, cook chiropractic, with that approach of optimal wellness? What is that? How does that sound? Or what do you do differently? Man, that, that's a great question because I don't think when you start practice, you don't think of yourself as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, you don't even, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way I'm ever going to own a business. I just want to work for somebody and be the sports doctor. And uh, yeah, when I first 
graduated, I was lucky enough to get hired onto a group uh, facility where I was just the doctor and I got to work with physical therapists and pain management doctors and nurse practitioners. And, and it was great to take a team approach to it, but I was an employee and I felt like I could do so much more. My brain never stops working. And it's like, I could do more than this. I could do more than this. And, um, I wanted to do more than just cracking backs and, and treating people. So, um, I branched off into small business and partnered with a chiropractic friend uh, who was showing me that here, here's the foundation. This is, there, there is opportunity out there to open up your own business and do what you want. And I constantly was just a sponge. Even when I first started practicing, I was just like learning the actual trade of how to do chiropractic care five days a week versus a school internship setting, completely different. And then opening up, you know, working uh, as an in independent contractor that my for my second job was learning uh taxes <laughs> learning how to operate a business how to pay for the lights to be on and you learn that trade finally i i think the frustration was once i get to the next ceiling of how do i grow the practice now into what i want it to be um that's where i needed your help uh to really show me what optimal could be because i, I couldn't see it I knew what I wanted it to be, but I just thought it would be step A to step B. And uh, like you've shown me, there is no A to B. There's a lot of zigzags you take along the way to get from A to B. And um, it, it might have to be personnel change. It might have to be the three office remodels that I've done, the name change, the new website, the new clothing that completely made over, uh, did a makeover of the practice. And, um, surrounded myself honestly with with great team members within my office and uh great referral partners around me in the community so um when i finally formed cook chiropractic i always had the same mission statement since day one of practice but i finally got to make it my own and put it into practice and that was very uh challenging to do and looking back to think like oh, it's only been five years it's felt like a lifetime already but um, it's been super helpful to find that what is optimal to me in practice is just being able to show up and do what I want to do every single day without having to think about it. And um, at times like these, it is uh, it was taken for granted for sure. But um, it is super nice to have a coach to um, bounce ideas off of and, and have a really, really clear game plan of what it's going to take to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And, and absolutely, absolutely. As far as like where we are now, right. We're in the midst of a global pandemic, small business owners are being affected. Well, everybody's being affected, but you know, within my work and knowing a lot of small business owners like yourself, you know, the impact has been huge. Um, but I want to go back real quick to something you said only because it, it's like, it's so prevalent and it's something I hear like the number one thing I hear from many business owners that are like you, where you're in the business of healing, of health and wellness, and you started your career because you wanted to help people, right? That was your intention. You even said it, you said you wanted to be a sports doctor, but you didn't necessarily start doing it because you wanted to own a business. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like so common to hear that. And it also can be one of the number one reasons why small businesses fail because the intention is there. The intention is like, coming from such a wonderful place 
right? That I want to help people. And then, but I have to start a business to do it is like the secondary. And so recognizing that and taking the steps like you have to realize I need to build a strong business foundation. And it's not going to take away from the love that you have for the work that you're doing. In fact, it's going to allow you to do it more once you build the foundation, once you ground yourself in the, the principles and get your business actually to a place of stability, sustainability, scalability, all of those things. Because if you don't do that, you may not be able to practice at all. Absolutely. I think that just like I said, learning the trade of how to be a chiropractor and deliver manual medicine was its own worry in the beginning. Then opening a business was, you know, the same thing. Just how do you get a license? How do you do this, 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 and this? And it just stacks up on you. And I think people just do them, you know, you know, check off those, that task list and they get sick of it. But it's like, if those are the, the means to reach the end of goal of, I get to go to work and I get to operate the way I want to operate, that's where it's, it, it becomes just secondary, you know, to, it just becomes part of your job, just like it's anybody else's job. Keeping on the lights is the same thing as, you know, anybody else that has a task list get worked. Um, and for me, it was identifying what I wanted my business to be. That's the hardest part. And that's where you came in and showed me that, you know, I have multiple providers in this office. And while we all don't work together under Cook Chiropractic, we all still are under the umbrella of Cook Chiropractic. So if I have acupuncture and massage therapy and front desk office managers and a biller, um, I include you as a coach, as part of the team, we have to all work together under the same mission statement because we all in this office agree that we're trying to do what's best for the patient. So while we're all, like you said, we were all operating on our own silos with the same mission statement under the same roof, but we weren't working together, which is mind boggling to think about, but that was only three years ago. Um, to make it optimal, we had to work together to continue it to grow and, you know, week by week, day by day, we have to continuously work on that. And um, yeah, when it's all taken away from you, like right now, uh, you can really step back and take a look at the whole thing and see, wow, I knew I already knew I had the strongest team ever right now going, but to really put their backs to the walls right now and see, we are so excited to come back and get back to work that uh, I hope that we will never take it for granted again. But who knows, you know, five years from now, we'll be like, I need a vacation. I'm so war overworked, but um, man, it's just really nice to see that what we had was so great. And uh, I think it took a lot of uh, just awareness to see where we were and how we operate. And before we learned how to play our strengths with each other. Yeah, no. And, and you do, you have an, an amazing team and it's this true collaboration and and you know this like united front where you guys have locked arms so much in your um, approach and mission to serve your patients and um, it's really awesome to see and i also really love i want to point out what you said you said that you get to do it like you want to you get to do it like what a privilege and so being able to look at your business that way is extremely valuable because in so many times i mean we all have our days where we're just like oh, this feels like a burden. I, mm -hmm. you know, I have to do this and it's, it's like force and it, you know, it creates a, 
a real negative energy and a perspective where it's like over time, it can be really wearing on you. And so being able to look at it and say, I get to do this. And even though it's really hard, it's the opportunity now, especially now to look at the areas where you're like, okay, well, this is where I can improve. And I still get to come back to this and hopefully sooner than later for you guys, um, as we, you know, kind of hopefully approach an end to, um, you know, people being closed and not working. So, you know, I would look at this obviously as a defining moment in so many ways for so many people, um, whether you're a business owner or not, there's so much that we're learning right now about ourselves being self-quarantined, you know, struggling with trying to make ends meet financially or closing your business. So I'm curious when you think about your current situation um, and this being a real defining moment, like what comes to mind for you as the maybe one or two big things that you've realized in this time or, or uh, come to understand better about yourself or even your business? Yeah. When you get stripped away of what your normal, your normal day-to-day activities are, um, you really get to see the bigger picture and you, what I, the number one thing I like to see is like, who is going to be supportive in this situation? Who's going to step up and be a leader in this situation and who's going to, you know, tuck their tail between their legs and run home and literally go hide in the hole. Right. Um, it's nice to see my team want to still meet every week. And sometimes it's just to, you know, shoot the breeze and, and say happy birthday to a few of our team members that have had birthdays in quarantine. And that's it. That's all we wanted to do is just say hi and show face. And that makes me excited to know that, that my work environment is that what we try to show our patients that we're just having a good time and we love helping people. And that's the, that's the atmosphere I've created. So that's nice to see. It's nice to reconnect. Um, these zoom calls have really, you know, for me, they're, you know, a lot of companies, they have to do these Zoom calls uh, daily, or they already were doing some Zoom conferences before. Uh, for me, it's new. And for a lot of us, it's new. But to figure out who, who do I want to reach out to? Who do I want to still connect with? Who's going to help me come out of this at the end uh, has really uh, shown, it's really been clear who that is. And uh, um, just having you know, staying busy in this time, uh, is, is really exciting to me because it's like, you know, you would think that because my day-to-day operations are suspended that I would have nothing to work on. I've been some days busier than I would be seeing patients all day. Does that mean I like it? Definitely not. I love seeing patients instead and having conversations with people. I'm a big handshaker. I'm not gonna be able to shake hands for a long time. Like that drives me insane. Uh, but you know, knowing that, I can't wait to have that privilege. It's becoming a privilege now to, to put my hands on a patient. And it's like, that's going, that is going to take time to come back and it's going to be precautionary when we come back. But um, to see that the business can still have so much opportunity around it without that is very important. And uh, I think that if you would ask me that question in school or even three years ago, Hey, if you can't treat patients, what would you do? I think I would have just panicked. But instead, I've completely shifted over to an entrepreneurial mindset. And as a leader said, how are we all going to get out of this together? How are we to come out of it stronger? 
and I have a, a strong game plan for next month, whether we're here or not, and the month after, and the month after that. And I, I have tons of ideas and opportunities, and it's nice to see that the door doesn't close just because the signs on the door are saying, you know, we, we're out for a little bit. So yeah. it's really nice to see that uh, it's expanded beyond what um, we just do day to day with our with our patients and um, our treatments. Yeah, and, and I mean, you said, right from the very beginning, like it's all about that connection, right? And so not only with your team, but also letting your patients know you're here. And, and you know, some of them I know are chomping at the bit to come back as soon as possible, but you know, you are taking the precautions that you need to do. And, um, you know, you said to me, uh, it was a few, it was like, I think right after this all kind of happened and you had to close your doors, you know, you said something really profound that was basically, you know that your patients will need you then more than ever, like then being when you reopen that you were already thinking to that future date of not kind of what was me, but like, I'm going to be ready because I know that they're going to need me more than ever. They're all going to be cooped up at their house. They're all going to, you know, be looking for, like you said, the pain relief. Um, you know, maybe they're just like, they've been trying to work out at home and maybe not as been as good in their body movement or body care and, you know, all of those things. And so you knowing that and believing in that and being excited to be like, I'm going to be there as soon as they're, you know, we can open up. I know they're going to need me. So that sounds like it's also been kind of a motivating force for you. Absolutely. And when we closed, it was, you know, two weeks. And then once two weeks turned into a month, I actually think that we were able to lower our shoulders a little bit more and look at the bigger, you know, foreseeable future. But yeah, for sure. With, you know, six weeks out, it's like, man, there are going to be so many people that have been sitting I've been posting about, you know, a lot of people are running because it's the only thing that's legal to do outdoors right now is go for a run. And that makes your hips tight, your lower back tight. And um, who are we kidding? We're all human. We're all sitting on our couch at night and we're all binge watching Netflix. I just went to the grocery store yesterday and I'm not going to lie. I looked for some cookie dough and I was like, this cookie dough has gone. That means everybody else is at home doing the same mindset. Like, damn, it's raining. It's kind of cold. I got nowhere to go. I'm not going to see anybody for three more weeks. I can totally have some cookies this weekend. And I'm like, it's not even there. It was all sold out. So I'm like, everybody's eating bad. Everybody's ordering takeout to support local businesses. So we've all had some pizza. We've all had, you know, so it's like all the normal routine of going to the gym, eating right, eating clean is a challenge right now. And it's not some 30 day challenge that you sign up for online. It is literally day to day challenge because our lives are not normal. So the new normal is I am going to <laughs> balance my workouts around my sugar and carbon take. So, um, yeah, like just really, um, seeing like, man, when patients come back, they, we've all been through the same thing. We've all sat too much. We've all didn't do the normal workouts. We've all been super stressed and cortisol levels are very high and we've all put on weight and we all need a haircut and we all need our nails done. We totally get it. Uh, but yeah, it was a sense of relief to know, like when I do open my doors, even when it's a soft opening and I am taking all the precautions necessary and, uh, to see people, the people that need it most will come first. And then slowly as we are released back into the wild, um, and we were slowly returned to somewhat normal if that's ever anytime soon. Um, man, people will be knocking down the doors and it's nice to know that. 
Um, but yeah, any way I can help in the meantime is just trying to stay active on social media and, and show people some low back and neck care that they can do for themselves and show my patients that, Hey, I'm still here and I'm still, uh, thinking about you guys, but trust me, I can't wait to get back to work just as much as they can. I know. I know. I'm laughing because first of all, the struggle is real with the food and, <laughs> and you know, okay. So I'll admit I was one of the cookie dough hoarders. So pasta um, <laughs> hoarders right now too. All the, all the pasta noodles are gone. Everything, oh. everything I know. And we're all getting like, I'm getting a really good, strong right bicep because it's like fork to mouth. Yep. So pretty much the re repetition, I'm getting my reps in on that. So oh, you might know, you might like this one cause you have kids. One of my friends posted her son is in uh, like maybe a freshman in high school and he's all mom, this corn is so freaking good. Where did it come from? She's like a can. <laughs> she, she's, they never eat canned vegetables, but she's like busting them out in quarantine. And he's like, these are the best ones I've ever had. <laughs> she's like, he didn't know what it tastes like. He's never had it, but he's never had cream corn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, food is just, I swear we could do a whole nother podcast on like quarantine food situations. Um, you know, volume of food. I mean, I don't know how or why I did, but I made the biggest pot of rice and beans the other day. I mean, legit humongous pot of it. And, and my kids are like, why did you make so much? I'm like, I don't know, because you guys are eating 24 seven. So we have a lot of rice. We have a lot of beans. Enjoy. You know, here's <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. It what was hilarious. it is now. But, um, okay. So I want to, I want to hear a little bit or have you share a little bit about the work that you then started to do with Mark Sun and fix fitness guys and kind of like where that came from, because it really was like an extension of some of the things that you're passionate about. So just kind of give our listeners a little bit of understanding around what that is and why you even started to do that. Uh, Mark Sun owns a gym in, uh, Carmel mountain down here in San Diego. Uh, it's called CrossFit Sun and it's been around. They just celebrated 10 years. I know. And, uh, which is crazy. If anybody is in the CrossFit industry knows that the shelf life of that business is, I believe is three to seven years max. Wow. So they just hit 10, which is amazing. Uh, so there's something to that. And uh, he definitely has the same similar mission statement as me. So when I heard you know, the way that they were operating over there, I definitely thought that we aligned ourselves in our belief system, at least. And uh, the, from the moment I met Mark, he was just supposed to come to my office. I'll never forget this first meeting with him. It took me forever to get him uh, a meeting together. Uh, he's, he's a super busy guy with uh, multiple kids. But he came in and he was supposed to come in for a quick 30 minute meeting and it turned into two and a half hours and we just never stopped talking. Uh, just like we do now, our wives get mad at us all the time for our late night quick talks that turn into way too long in the freezing parking lot. But uh, Mark and I had just, he said, you know what, why don't we start a podcast? You know, we, we should just put a microphone in front of us and just document these rants that we constantly are doing anyway. Why not? Um, right before the quarantine, we celebrated our one year anniversary of the Fix Fitness Guys uh, episodes, uh, which Robin, you have an episode on there. I don't have the exact number, but um, I think it was like 37 or something like that. But you were still one of my favorite guests because you have the best answers to about everything. <laughs> but, um, basically, what Mark comes at it with is a physical rehabilitation part and exercise. And where I come at it with is more of a structural component of shoulder health and knee health and really trying to take care of joints the way that I 
know-how and we've just put a meeting of the minds. We, we combined our superpowers together and uh, we started a subsequent, you know, third business amongst each other and called the Fix Fit Program. And we've done live seminars, uh, tons of assessment and co-management of patients and clients. But uh, we're excited that we're, him and I continuously have a, a little side project to work on our little baby of a project of the Fix Fit guys. And um, we're constantly trying to build and evolve that um, because like, like you said in the intro, we have three pillars that we talk about on the podcast, mental health. We talk a lot about our, uh, our anxiety issues and disorders that we've dealt with in our life. And one of which is managed greatly with coaching. Um, the physical component, which of course him and I can nerd out on for days and, uh, a little, what did I say? Physical, oh, the society component, uh, social component, having a good community around you, um, which that's what CrossFit's all about is, uh, having a strong support system around you. Uh, but really we just have really, really good friends <laughs> that own really, really good businesses that, uh, just have we just have a ton of smart people around us uh, we have I, I could go on for days on who we have surrounding us to help promote the businesses but uh, yeah we have just a really good network of people and and uh, in this downtime we are working really hard behind the scenes trying to create new stuff for uh, when we reopen and and start releasing a lot more content to the public well, and, and what's so cool about this, first of all, the whole concept of what the fixed fitness approach is about is really this, like you said, a, a marrying of your minds and taking all of the, you know, the stuff that you're great at and what Mark's great at and bringing it to life, but in such a powerful way. And what's cool is it, it can be done anywhere. You know, yeah. you don't have to be a member of a gym. You know, you don't have to be a CrossFitter. You don't even have to be you know, a current chiropractic patient, you know, maybe you've never even been to a chiropractor before. So what I feel like this has done, because I'm a huge fan of the work that you guys are doing with this project is like, you can come from any walk of life and truly learn something that's going to apply to a situation that you likely have somewhere, right? That you want to try and affect change on and really get something from it through the content. So it's like easy to access, right? You can listen to a podcast. There's some great videos you guys have done on YouTube. And so, you know, and I'm not trying to like plug this like crazy. I'm just saying that what's really nice about it is it's really accessible. It's really approachable and it gives people information and tools. And at the end of the day, you kind of get to choose if you're going to use the tools or not. And I know for myself, I, there's so much more I could be doing to maintain my, <laughs> my overall body movement, you know, aging, all of these things, like the cricks and the cracks and the aches and the pains. But um, I value so much the kind of content you're putting out there. I'm just, I know I could use it more. And, you know, when I do, it's extremely helpful in life. So what's interesting to us uh, through looking at, you know, statistics on our episodes was that Mark and I could talk forever on knee health and shoulder stability. But the number one most talked about most messages we ever got were uh, anxiety episodes. One of our first episodes was about anxiety and panic attacks that we've dealt with. And uh, it surprisingly got the most hits, the most views, the most questions 
request for a follow-up. So they're like, let's do a follow-up, which we've done follow-ups of other topics. But this one, again, all about like just the most positive feedback we could ever get is about talking about openly about our anxiety and what it's like being a business owner. And um, man, those would probably be go- good to go back on right now and, and rewatch because uh, we just share that. Just sharing it out loud is enough of a help, but uh, we happen to share it with, um, you know, a good group of friends that uh, are a good support system for each other. And um, we manage it pretty well. And one of the other components to manage it well is uh, exercise and nutrition. So that's also covered in there a lot uh, to help manage it. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We we love doing it. It's killing us to not do it right now in person, but uh, we're probably going to have to get back on there on the air here pretty soon because uh, we're going to be launching some new stuff pretty soon. So yeah. Oh oh my gosh. I think that honestly, if, if I were to make a request, like doing that follow-up right now for people, Right. anxiety and I mean the kind of stuff that people are dealing with now this un the unknowns the unforeseeable the discomfort all of these things creating so much more anxiety especially if it's something that you struggle with so I could see how that could be of tremendous value uh, to people and also coming at it from a perspective of being a small business owner and how to deal with this kind of stuff the way that you have so um, I think there would be tremendous value in that but I want to shift gears real quick because um, when I think about how, you know, not only you built your own practice, right, when you started at Cook Chiropractic and built your team, but then also launching this, this project with Mark's son, there's something that you were able to draw on for yourself, right? And I, and I, I call these things your gifts, right? And you and I have talked about this before, but the gifts really being something of a superpower for yourself. A gift is something that you share when you know that there's a way that you can make an impact, in the world. You tap into those gifts as your superpowers. So do you have, a, first of all, if you can think of what one of your gifts is, and if you can't think of one, I, I have a few for you. But, um, <laughs> but if you could share kind of what you think one of your gifts might be that you've used as a superpower and in what situation it's been extremely valuable. Um, I think it's, it's definitely leadership uh, capabilities. I mean, just really understanding that I am a leader in, in in the community that is very something very difficult and to it's a difficult concept to grasp and, and just you know walk around it's not like a walk around with a shirt that says I'm a, I'm a freaking leader look <laughs> at me but it, it does subsequently happen I mean it does happen without you trying and I think that's when it's best when I don't try um you know like I got since I was I've always done better in groups Okay. So any kind of like class project where we had to collaborate, I love it. I, I always loved it in school. I always played team sports. Um, when I was wrestling in high school, I got to be a, um, I was the um, captain of my varsity team. And I was like, I remember when my coach asked me to be the captain, I was like, wait, what me? Are you sure? Um, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. But um, I couldn't believe that, that I got asked that, but you know, now looking where I'm at, I just kind of realized like, Oh, I worked way better with a team around me to support me. And, and I didn't know how. So once you started working with me, you really showed me, uh, how it was going to be important to, um, 
you know, surround myself with strong like minds and be vulnerable with them. And that was the, the hardest part is sharing my wins along with sharing your losses. You know, that's, that's really hard to do. It's hard to share your struggles with people, with, with people that are looking to you for answers, but it's also important to show them the wins that you're, you're dealing with as well. And uh, it's, uh, it's really easy to just kind of want to just show up to work and just work every day. Um, so to the, the difference to me in a leadership role is just show like really being transparent with your, so your ancillary staff and, and other colleagues and showing them, you know, where you're winning and where you're struggling. It's, it's tough. It's really tough to do, but, uh, again, you've shown me how that's possible. So I am curious what you think the quality is. Cause I'm like, that's the only one that can pop into my head right away. No, well, definitely. I mean, that, that shows up in what, what you said is really the, the fact that you were able to get to a place of belief, right? So, you know, I, I do all kinds of episodes and things about how your thoughts are really the foundation of what you're going to do connected to the actions that you do. And so really it was, it was finally standing firm in that belief in the leadership capabilities and qualities. But I like how you said that um, it stemmed from you really being a team player and that, that shows up a lot for you. So I think there's a gift there that being a team player and then also recognizing when it's your time to lead and, and being um, confident in that opportunity. Um, and so I think that's a huge part of it. The other one I was going to share was curiosity. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's something there. Again, you know, you shared a little bit about growing up and how, you know, you really always wanted to learn a little bit more about stuff. And I know that to be true now when we talk about different things, you're very curious, you're very open to learning something else about yourself or about a, a subject. And so I think that that is a gift that you're able to share too, because you approach things from an, uh, um, an angle of curiosity too, which is really, um, it's a very energetically attracting thing when you do that, that you makes you very approachable as a leader. Yeah, I do remember when I did pick, um the chiropractic profession, I remember them saying, you know, there's going to be a continuous learning experience for this profession for the rest of your life. And me being like, whoa, that's, that's what I want, you know, versus like showing up every day and doing the same task over and over sounded crazy to me. And I was like, I just can't do that. But once I learned, like, there's going to be multiple techniques to learn, newer studies will come out and you'll have to learn them along the way. You're never going to stop learning that's when I was like, yeah, I'll do this because it's true. And our scope is so broad. Um, but what we do day to day isn't. So it's like, it's, that's just such an interesting concept and it's very unique, but it's true. We, you get to have a broad, pers- uh, broad approach to what you're doing for the profession, but what you're actually doing as a profession is, it is limited, but, um, I love that I can constantly explore and dabble in a ton of different things. And, I'm on the sidelines for sports teams, but then I'm teaching a seminar on exercise another day and then in the office treating patients hands-on and, and then I'm leading team meetings and it's like, it's all over the place. And that's, that's cool to wear a lot of hats like that. That's so awesome. I love that. Um, I want to share what um, I always ask my guests, what a a favorite mantra or quote is. And so I want to share the one that you sent to me and then we'll chat about for a second. So, you know, this is from a legendary Tony Robbins It says, create a vision and never let the limits of what has been done in the past shape your decisions. Ignore conventional wisdom. Tell me about this and kind of how it's impacted you or does currently impact you. (sighs) 
Man, that one can go so many layers. It's definitely an FU to a lot of uh, my mentors of the past, <laughs> um, which won't be named, but um, it really is, uh, I think, in my profession that it, it's, it's being tested right now in, in uh, the chiropractic world. But um, just that they think that there's a set way of, of doing things, you know, so all my mentors growing up were just like, this is how, it, how it's going to be. You know, so like the first chiropractor that ever treated me, um, when I hurt my shoulder in wrestling, I remember going to him and saying, Hey, I separated my shoulder and he touched it. And I was like, ow. And he's like, yeah, it's separated. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. What are we going to do about it? And he's like, I can't do anything for that. So, I mean, I remember that vividly and going like, what the hell am I even here for then? And he cracked my back. And I'm like, great. I'm, I mean, my back's all loose now, but my shoulder still hurts and I can't wrestle tomorrow. So this is great. And my athletic trainer taped it up with this elastic tape that we now know as KT tape. And she was like, go out there and she would rehab me. And she, she inspired me way more than, than that chiropractor. And so I was like, that's when I knew I'm like, this high school athletic trainer is doing something that I've never seen before. And I'm out there wrestling with a separated shoulder, but the chiropractor who takes my insurance and he's my, you know, role model, I guess to my first chiropractor ever is usually your role model he's turning me away from the profession with that. So when I, you know, I always went into every mentorship with, um, you know, what's the word, like a little guarded, you know, the little bit of a wall up of like, I'll take your information as a sponge, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to use it. So I definitely ignore conventional wisdom. You know, like my first mentor used the word Mercedes eighties that, uh, in the eighties <laughs> chiropractors were just making tons of money and they were just racking up insurance bills. And she's like, you know, it's not that anymore now though. So I'm like, okay, what is it now then? And she didn't know what it was and well, or they didn't know what it was and um, they couldn't operate anymore. Um, and, and that went so forth and so forth with each mentor till I got to a point of like, you know what, now it's my turn to be a mentor and um, I'm going to do what I think is necessary for my business and for the way I want to practice and the way I want to educate patients and the community around me. So, um, I think that I'm doing what I want now. And I take those, uh, conversations I used to have with mentors and I use them as examples. And, uh, I have a lot of, you know, students that reach out and want to come shadow or some kids that move into the area and are just wondering what it's like to operate in a practice like mine. And I share those stories with them and say, that's what I heard. This is what I did. You can take it for as you want to take it, you know? So, um, that quote has stuck with me for quite some time because I am not one to do things by the book. So, um, I really like that, you know, in my world, I have the opportunity to practice what I want to do. Yeah. So, and, and so what I love about that too, is like you said, it's my turn. And, right. um, because now you're, you've chose, you chose, you've chose, that's horrible. <laughs> you chose to, build your business, right? Because at some point you could have said, Hey, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to, I'm going to practice, but I'm going to, you know, do it for somebody else or what have you. Like there's, there is always an easy way out. Sure. Um, but the harder path that you took was to say, I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. And I'm going to keep doing it and keep learning and take bold risks and have audacity and have those, you know, Steve Farber says the oh shit moments where you learn something and maybe it's not perfect. Right. And that's great. But you learn, you're willing to learn. And you're willing to go against the grain and say, I want to build this dream for me. 
and I want to have a business that I believe in that's grounded in my values and the things that I want to share with patients, which is completely different, you know, which is what makes you different and the way you practice different. And it's why you've created loyalty and such a, you know, a genuine appreciation for the work that you're doing with your patients. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point that, you know, just cause I took the information and didn't use it doesn't mean I was defiant. Uh, it just means that I just didn't take it anything that anybody said as gospel, you know, and I would just go like, all right, that's cool. Well, I just believe this and I'm going to go that way. So um, that's just how I, how I go. And I tell a lot of the kids that have came to shadow me the same thing. Like you can, you could take this whole meeting and go back and tell, you know, your college even like, man, I don't want to go there again. You know, it's like, that's fine too. You might not, you might want to go to a place that just tells you exactly what to do, how to check in and check out and go home and not take the, not take the work home with you. That's fine. But just know that like, you know, this opportunity, this, this profession gives you the opportunity to actually build and create what you want. So if you're not a big creator, um, you know, (laughs) you're going to have to find just a different setting for yourself to practice in. But for me, um, I like having a blank canvas all the time, every month to reset. And I think every time I start reaching a, my fearfulness of, I'm not going to have anything else to work on. I'm going to run out of ideas. Um, I think right before I even think that, or to even say it out loud, you're already like, I think it happened this year, like right around, you know, December, I was like, Oh my God, what are we going to work on next year? The first conversation I have with you, you're like, let's set some goals. What are we doing? you know, right away. Like, what, what do you want to work on with this and that? I'm like, well, I was thinking this was thinking that. And then it gets formulated. So it's like, every time I'm about to, you know, reach this plateau, it's like, you're already sensing it and moving me forward towards something else and keeping my mind going, which is great. So, um, the creativity portion, it's, it's so, it's, it, you need, in my opinion, I tell everybody, I'm like, if you have like a creative mind like mine that just spins all over the place, you need someone to point you in the right direction. And that's why I think having a coach is super, super helpful in more ways than one. So. And I'll point out, I did not ask you to say that. No, <laughs> no I appreciate I that. <laughs> but you know, what was cool is like when you're saying how like that, um, getting the, you know, getting advice and wisdom from other people, it's kind of like, you know, I, I even say this in coaching, like I invite people to try on whatever it is that I'm sharing right? Like, here you go. I'm going to, I'm going to give this to you. Feel free to try it on. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't fit. Cool. If it does cool. And so, you know, it's kind of like this metaphor for, like you said, to build and create like what you want from a business perspective. But I also look at it, build and create what you want for your life. Seriously. You know? So it's, it's an applicable um, approach. It's an applicable way to say, somebody somewhere is going to tell you something that might not be what works for you. And that's okay. So you don't have to take it all as like the gospel. You don't have to take it all, take it with a grain of salt or whatever. Believe me, parenting, like I remember everybody saying, this is what you have to do. And this is how you're supposed to do it. But you're going to learn what works best for you as you go through it. And so it's an interesting time right now where a lot of people are like reflecting, trying to see, well, what is working? And maybe this time, this period of time where we've all been kind of sitting around a little bit more is showing us maybe what isn't working and what we want to change and do differently. So um, I'm curious if you could share like one thing that you've come up with now as a small business owner to say, 
in this current situation, knowing what you want to do down the road, because it will happen, what have you realized or what word of advice would you have for somebody to get through this time towards that opportunity that will be coming? So, man, that was, just led me right into the quote that I was going to say anyway, that uh, I remember sitting down with a business attorney and saying, this is what, all right, this is the situation I'm in. This is where I'm going to, this is where I want to go. You know, similar, I mean, I'm sure you have that conversation with a lot of clients, but this is with an attorney that's like, these are the legal ways that you're going to get there. And I remember her saying to myself, she gave me this task list about three years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, whoa, like that was my oh shit moment of like, whoa, that's a long task list. And I'm a guy that likes to check it off. So I'm like, I got, I mean, it took me a year and like three, four months to check off this task list, which when you sit down and have the meeting, you're like, I'll get this done by next week. And then you're like, oh no, once I start calling around to get a business license and get a CPA and blah, 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 I, I, what the heck, it's a lot. Um, so I remember her saying to me, you're a great chiropractor. Go be a chiropractor. That's it. When it comes to business licenses and your taxes, use me for the legal stuff. Use a CPA for your taxes. Get a, a, a payroll person for your employees. Like, do not think that you're, a, you're wearing all these hats. Don't think you're great at wearing all these hats. And that was the best advice I could have ever gotten in business because since then I'm an extremist, so you don't have to do it like this, but she's right. I have business attorney, CPA, coach, um, therapist, uh, payroll person. I mean, just literally anything that I could website person, you know, anything where I could delegate, I delegate, you know, cause it's just like, I am great at being a chiropractor and doing the hands-on medicine, but that doesn't mean I'm great at doing payroll. That doesn't mean I'm great at sitting down with my employees and having an evaluation and telling them that they get a raise or don't. So use your resources. Like that is my number one thing is like, I just use your resources. There's so many people out there to help you. And just because you reach out to the first one doesn't mean they have to be the one to help you. That's the other thing. I mean, I'm on my second CPA. I'm on my third therapist. I'm luck luckily I only needed one coach because she's so <laughs> awesome. But um, it's true though. I mean, it, I just had to just keep shopping around and it didn't, didn't mean that everything ended in a fire before that. But I feel comfortable when I make my decisions and I do go off a lot of instinct and feeling, but at the same time, it's backed by somebody else that's way more accredited and more knowledgeable than I am. Right. So if I go to sleep going, my taxes are done. <sighs> I'm not going, did I do it right? It's like, no, I'm backed by a, a freaking CPA. That's really, really good at doing that. And she knows me all year round and I consider her as part of my team. So taking everyone under that, when I say cook, I'm, Kairos and umbrella and all those resources are falling under it. Um, using a biller, like it just goes on and on and on. Don't think you can do it all. And even if you are doing it all, you're probably wearing yourself pretty damn thin and you're going to make a mistake somewhere along the way. So anybody that's like, I'm going to save 5% and do all my billing and insurances. It's like, do you really have the time to sit there and or knowledge to sit there and make sure that you made no mistakes? Or would you like a third party to come in and go, Hey, Ian, you are doing great, but you could do this better. Or, Hey, I found a mistake. Let's clean it up going forward. That's the, that's the key to success. In my opinion is like really using all your resources and finding the right ones that, you know, meet your 
that align with your belief system, really. I love that. I love it because um, it's such a big misconception that owning a business means you need to run every single aspect, you know, whether you're a sole proprietor or partnership or whatever, but that, you know, it does create anxiety and fear, especially when you get started that, oh gosh, I should do all of this myself. This is my business. And, you know, there's so many reasons why and that you can see the results from, like you said, allocating work to a different resource, to an expert resource and knowing that your time is valuable to apply to the areas where you really can do the work, do the quality work and not have to go back and redo it. I mean, I know myself, I built my first website myself. I was like, Oh, free five day online challenge. And I'm going to learn how to build a website, which I did. And then less than a year later, I hired somebody to do a new one. And you go, why the hell didn't I do that the first time? So why even waste that time? And that's where if anybody that's listening is new to business and you hear, keep your overhead low, keep your overhead low. There is times to do that. You're right. I built my first website off of Wix and it took me weeks. I hated it. So when I finally paid somebody to optimize my website, there you go. There's your optimal word again. He was like, I'll optimize it. When I finally, I mean, I had to talk to four guys. I actually think I paid for one guy and used it for like six months and went, this is terrible and paid even more for a, the, the first guy that I should have from the get go. And it is the website that I have now. And it's like, it's, I don't even look at it. It's, it's perfect. It's everything about it was perfect. Maybe I didn't have the capital right away to do that. But at the same time, now that I finally got to the point of like, okay, I just got to put faith in this guy. Put, I mean, he's, he wants that much for a reason. Let me just do it. And it's just so much easier that way. But you got to think like when I said, you know, what is it in the short run and what is it in the long run? That's what you got to weigh, you know? So there's tons of ways that I tried to cut corners here uh, in business. Cause I thought that I didn't have the money, but as soon as I think I have it, the money to do something for the next level, I jump on it. Cause I go, it's going to pay for itself in the long run. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we just did a new billing software here that's so much more money and it took all this six months of training and it's still a pain in our ass. But in the long run, I'm talking 10 to 15 years of cook chiropractic. It is the right choice. So it had to be made eventually and there was no right time to do it, you know, but I used a money excuse for a long time and a ton of other excuses to dodge it. But, um, I knew it had to be done and it's like, you just got to take the leap of faith sometimes and go, all right, I don't care what it costs. Let's just, you know, chop the arm off let's just just take it from me and let's start over and it'll grow back but uh, it it really is um a huge leap sometimes that you you you're scared to take but once you do it you're like oh man i should have done that a long time ago yeah and 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 it's hard again i i get it like there's also a balance between like you don't have to have everything completely done and, you know, the best of the best to start your business, you know? So there's kind of like two sides to the coin where I know a lot of coaches, you know, they get started and are like, but I don't want to start until I have my website done. I have all my business cards. I have a full LinkedIn landing page, you know, to sell this product or whatever. Like there are some things you just don't have to have done, like start doing the work, but then also know that at some point, your ability to say, I'm not going to do this anymore could really change the game for you when it comes to growing and, and maintaining that business to a much higher level without the frustration, without going back and having to redo things over and over. So, you know, combining a little bit of your intuition and trust, but then also taking a few risks here and there 
um, to not, like you said, not wear all those hats at once because you just don't have to. And you don't, might not have the knowledge to wear all those hats, right? And oh, yeah. that's, again, ignoring the conventional wisdom of, I can't do this because all of this isn't squared away. The website, the this, this, and this. It's like, who told you that? Some, some seminar or some book you read? That doesn't mean it's, it's gospel and you have to do it that way. What you can do is sample it. Like I said, it took me three websites to get the website that I want. You know, I did it myself for free. Awful. Paid some guy mid-level. It's, eh, I don't really like it. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, just fork out the money and I get the site that I want. And it's like, someone would have told me right from the beginning, just do it yourself. Keep your overhead low. And I listened to that. And then look how long it took me to get to where I wanted to get to. So you do have to dabble in it. And I, I use that example for a lot of other things in life, really. Um, but it, I did listen to conventional wisdom of, Hey, do it yourself for free. There's websites for free. Why not? Uh, why would you pay anybody a dime on that? And then now it's like, look where I am, but I had to do it through trial and error. And totally. that, uh, easier said than done. I make it sound easy. I make it sound like it's a snap of the fingers, but that process took two and a half, three years to complete. So, um, but you do have to just get out there and try. I mean, that's the hardest part is just, just doing it, just finally yeah. pulling it and pulling it off. And trying and looking at what worked and looking at what di what didn't and, you know, being okay with that, you know, yeah. being okay with it and learning from it is all, you know, it, the best things that I've done have probably been the failures, you know, but I've learned the most from it and built a lot more confidence and resiliency you know, to keep it going. So I, I appreciate that input. So I know we could go on and on for ever about a million different topics. So we'll probably have to do a whole nother episode, but um, I, I want to just ask you, you know, how can listeners uh, get a hold of you? How can they find you and, and where can they go to connect? Yeah. On uh, Instagram, I'm at cook Cairo, C-O-O-K-E-C-H-I-R-O. Um, -E so cook with the E on the end. And, uh, that's my business cook chiropractic. So if you just type that in your uh, Google machine, it should pop up, but, uh, make sure you're looking at the San Diego location. There's a cook Cairo up in Marietta, which is two hours for me. We don't get mixed up too often. It's a woman chiropractor and she's two hours from me in a small city. So cook Cairo in, uh, um, Rancho Bernardo, San Diego, and, um, <clears throat> fix fitness guys is on, um, Apple, iTunes, Google play, Spotify, and YouTube. So fix fitness guys. Um, I believe if you just search that, that should pop right up. Tons of content on there for you. Definitely. And I will go ahead and put those into the notes too. So people can find you online, on air, um, on Instagram, all of those awesome places. So um, I so appreciate all that you've shared with us today, Ian. And again, like such a joy to work with you. I've learned so much as well. And I'm just so grateful to have you as such a, a strong connection in my life and uh, all the amazing work that we get to do together. Timing's everything, but yeah, you're the best, Robin. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, I so appreciate you listening. Um, if you want to take a moment and share this with somebody that you think could really use this today, learn from Ian and, and all the work he's done with his business, but also subscribe to the show. And with love and laughter, has an awesome day.